Spags, big show today. USFL DFS, it's finally upon us. Yeah, there may be doubters out there, but Splash Play is not amongst them. We have our man Justin Freeman on the show today. Boots on the ground in Birmingham, giving us the best takes possible. Heading into a big weekend where DraftKings is putting up 100K up top for USFL Week 1. We also got some Sammy Watkins news to hit on. And yeah, we're going to rank all the USFL mascots because Pete and I, we're pissed. So hit that intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend of mine, Pete Overzet, and today, our good friend, Justin Freeman of RunTheSims.com on the show. Justin, you are in Birmingham. You dragged your family along to this. You are as ready for USFL as any man out there. How's it going over in Birmingham? It's good. I mean, you know, Birmingham is is known for being a vacation destination for so many families and uh, just really glad we could all take this nine and a half hour car ride down here. Uh, it's, it's actually been a lot of fun. Um, I've been, you know, just sort of like making myself available to run into different players and you know, hanging out around the practice facilities just to see if I can like spark up conversations with some of these guys. And it's, uh, you know, what's funny is I think a lot of these guys have like freshly come off of like the media training stuff that they do where there's, where they say, don't give away the secret sauce. Don't tell them anything. There are people like Justin Freeman out there who just want to parse every <laughs> nugget uh, out of you. And uh, they, they can't have the competitive disadvantage, which I understand. And uh, so it's a fun little cat and mouse game. And I feel like, I, I mean, obviously we want to get the boots on the ground nuggets, but I'm more fascinated on the behind the scenes in the Freeman family. I, I want to know, how did you sell your wife and your kids on this trip? <laughs> Is your wife ready to leave you because you are doing all these radio hits and dragging them to practices? I, I'm fascinated by this entire setup. Yeah, she was weirdly okay with it. Like, I mean, like very little resistance. I mean, I had told her like about a month ago, I'm like, I should go to Birmingham because everybody's going to be there. I mean, imagine if you could go watch, you know, uh, eight NFL teams all in a single city and and do your preseason research all there and have access to all those guys. Um, it just, to me, it was like all the bang for the buck. And I was like, that that's such a big DFS edge. If we could figure out anything beyond sort of what we would normally expect to happen. So, I mean, I'm hopeful that we can pass that info along to our subscribers at run the Sims. Um, we're trying to make sure I, everything I'm seeing, I'm trying to make sure is reflected in our projections. Uh, and, and some of this stuff, you know, uh, it's it's tough to parse through because even if you do catch a little glimpse of uh, a practice rep or something like that, it's tough to know exactly what that means sort of long term uh, about what the what the intent is for those players. But so like my, my wife, honestly, she's the one oh one here. Um, you know, she's really the the MVP, the the, the true MVP. My, my kids are. Uh, really enjoying themselves though, because the hotel has a pool. Uh, they're going to museums and zoos while I'm out, you know, knocking around, you know, uh, different practice facilities and stuff <laughs> like that. Wait, so who else got drafted in the live draft? Like, how many picks are we going here? I didn't know that you were a proud Mormon man, Justin. What's that now? How you many said your wives? wife was a 101. So I thought that had to be there has to be a 102, a 103, a 104. <laughs> 
Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. I, mean, there, I may have to go to a 102 after she divorces me after this trip. But. <laughs> yeah. well, Justin is here giving all the good stuff. And Justin, give the people the plug, of course, because, again, you are over there at Run the Sims. And honestly, I've been surprised to see as many data providers out there going after the USFL because normally this is a spot where a guy like Justin will dig in and some other places won't. But I, I want to make sure you're giving the plug properly here because you did this diligence more and you've been doing this for you know months now. It's not some half-assed effort by you here down the home stretch. So give the people a plug and what they can expect over run the sims yeah so we um what's funny is this new format by DraftKings. it's actually the same format they use for the xfl so maybe i should have seen this coming but um th the new format is a seven-man roster instead of like the traditional nine-man classic roster and that took a lot of work to get our optimizer up and adjusted to that and we've got that ready to go so our optimizer is clear our uh, simulator which is so good for showdown stuff is ready to rock and roll um, so, you know, we, we obviously have a huge, huge first place prize this week in USFL. I don't know that it'll be there for the rest of the season. So <laughs> may as well go ahead and use the projections uh, that we have over at Run the Sims, use that optimizer. And, uh, you know, maybe we talk a little bit today about you know different ways that you can sort of maximize that, because it's not always about just plugging in the projections. It's about trying to think strategically about how you're going to build a uh, DFS roster when we don't know very much at all about what these teams are going to do. Yeah, so we're going to yeah. dig into that a little bit more here. But first of all, let's get the plugs out of the way. Make sure you are subscribed to the Peach channel. Make sure you're subscribed to the Splash Play channel as well. We're doing content over on both channels. More and more coming up here, making an effort to produce this stuff. Actually, you're going to be pleasantly surprised if you were watching this show at some of the graphics we got from the team over at Edge Sports and Football Outsiders that uh, really, for USFL mascots, Pete, we asked for our first request for graphics, and uh, they did come through in spades. They did. Yeah, we're going to go through the uh, the mascots here. I just did want to ask Justin real quick. Do you think we get overlay in this contest? I hope not, honestly. Yeah, I, mean, I know. It, it, it seems weird to pull against overlay, but we really want the uh, gravy train to keep floating uh, all season long for, for, for USFL. I, I'm a little nervous that it does, in which case we'll be talking about a 50K to first prize you know next week um and then the possibility that it could get smaller from there so go ahead guys if you're thinking about registering don't make it a last second fill do your duty your civic duty to the united states football league and 150 max the 12 dollar tournament right now yeah, yeah, so please go check that out. We got Ahan Bro in the chat as well. And look, a lot of the top DFS names that you know and love will be playing this tournament because, you know, they know that this is a lot of money up top for an information, you know, deficit really that's going on for all the stuff around this league. So playing with Run the Sims, you know, playing with some of the other sites that you trust out there uh, certainly going to be helpful, but we are going to advocate for Run the Sims on this show. Uh, but let's talk about one NFL news item that I thought was important. Um, Sammy Watkins signing with the Packers. I just want to touch on this fast because it's one of those things that with the timing, I feel like it could go completely under the radar. Uh, but Justin, I don't know if you have any thoughts about this one at all, but for a team like the Packers, where we know Aaron Rodgers has been a beast despite whatever news items you want to ding him for over the last you know, season plus, overall with him, no Devontae Adams, it feels like this could be the shot for Sammy Watkins to maybe get his career back on track, unless you are going to fully classify him like I feel like Pete might as totally dusty. Uh, total dust ball. I mean, I, I'm, I'm ready to go ahead and uh, pour some dirt on top of his grave. Uh, I, I think it's over for Sammy Watkins. This is about as good of a situation as anybody could hope to fall into. You know, Devontae Adams, Devontae, Devontae Adams walks out of town and now there's just this huge vacant gap and you still get to play with the sort of reigning back-to-back -back MVP of the league, right? And I mean, what a great situation. So, I mean, if, if there was anything that could boost Sammy Watkins' value, this is the spot. However, like, I think 
if I'm picking today, give me Alan Lazard over Sammy Watkins still. Interesting. Pete, what are you thinking about this one? Because it is a contract he signed one year, $4 million. Feels to me like it could be huge, could end up paying that value up, maybe getting himself a longer contract, or he could get cut before training camp or during training camp, and neither option would shock me too much. Yeah, I, I, I think this is pretty interesting for fantasy just in how long it takes wide receivers to build trust with Aaron Rodgers and how he will not suffer any mistakes. And I think Sammy Watkins being a veteran, we kind of saw it with Randall Cobb. Granted, they had a longer history together, but I, I think Sammy Watkins will come in right away and Rodgers will be pretty happy to feed him the ball, knowing that they're probably going to get on the same page quickly and he's not going to make a lot of mistakes. So yeah, uh, the question is, is there anything left in the tank as, as you guys were saying but uh there wasn't much left in the tank for randall cobb and he still had a couple of big games too so i i will i will never put anything past aaron Rodgers' stubbornness uh to force feed a, a guy that doesn't make him angry yeah I'm, I'm gonna go more on the side of pro sammy watkins we're certainly gonna dig into some more best ball drafts on underdog and use that promo code splash over an underdog if you want to double your deposit up to 100 and get back on track with us in the coming weeks over in those best ball tournaments but let's dig into the usfl and pete are you ready to get into the mascots and and give yeah. me an overview here because you were actually i texted pete about the mascot the philly mascot in particular uh, because there's a resemblance to and i think you should leave character and frankly brought me a lot of joy and pete i didn't even see you were tweeting about it basically the second they came out on twitter yeah. So what was it? Was this yesterday morning? The team started kind of tweeting mm -hmm. out um, some photos of their mascots. And the first one I saw was this Philadelphia stars one. I'll pull it up the, the tweet here. And uh, I mean, this was like true nightmare fuel, like level mascot. I mean, Justin, I, I immediately wrote to you to make sure that you shielded your children's eyes from this monstrosity. I was worried that they would be scarred forever on this trip and their only memory would be a seared image of the blob. Yeah, I mean, both of my kids are big Monsters, Inc. fans. And, I mean, really a striking resemblance to some of the uh, prototypical Monsters, Inc. characters here. Um, I saw the blob did come through as the winning name here. Uh, you know, I think it's obviously they're trying to lean in on this Philly thing, right? Philly is being like the home of the truly off-the-wall mascot. I mean, they're the stars, yet they have this monstrosity of a uh, – of a of a mascot i just i guess that's a philly thing now spags maybe your boots on the ground there can you uh confirm i can tell you he looks like all the philly locals i see <laughs> my part of town and, I, and i go oh you're not like a new yorker or an la person at all but honestly i like him a lot because as i mentioned on i think you should leave a show that i watch and really fall asleep to far more often than a human being should he looks like chunky he looks like chunky from the game show segment with andy sandberg and i've said to some you know, some twitter reply to some guy like who really brought that to my attention first. Like if he starts smashing opposing QB's laptops, I would have so much joy. I'm actually in on blob. And I also like, I mean, granted Astro Cosmo, this is the Philadelphia stars. Like I would say, if we're going to do the bit, like we were going to do Pete, I would rate this one a nine. I actually like that. He's weird. I like that. He ended up with a name that's completely stupid. And I like that. He's got a hint of evil to him. I feel like the Philadelphia stars to me, not being a Homer. I think they are my favorite team right now in the USFL. I don't know if this is just like an antiquated take, but I don't like when the mascots have nothing to do with the actual mascot name. Like what, why is this devil horns? Like they're not the devils. Why, why isn't it? Why don't we have five little pentagons or something for a star or something like what, what the fuck is this? Justin, you, I mean, are you liking Blob? I, would you have gone with Asher or Cosmo? Like, those are more native here. I guess maybe he's an alien monster, like a cute alien monster seems like the premise. 
Yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to go off the wall in the design of the mascot, you can just go ahead and correlate that with an off the wall name as well. No need to lean in on, you know, the, the stars being the, uh, you know, the, the the team here when you've essentially just completely uh, omitted that in the costume design. So I'm fine with Blob. All right, Pete, I don't know if, we, if you have an order you want to go in here. If I just name one, you can pull them up. Yeah, just name uh, the next one you want us to take a look at here. So let's go to the Houston Gamblers next. And the options on the table here were Ace, Jackpot, Tex, and Chip. The winner is Ace. Of course, it is the Gamblers. You're going to see on the screen here. And I, I got to feel, you know, like I like Ace. Ace makes sense here. Tex, uh, you could, uh, I worked with a Tex at Barstool. Big fan of him. Great guy. I also like Jackpot. I personally yeah. voted for Jackpot. I think it's a cool name. I think it'd be different. But he's a normal dude, Pete. So I get why Ace would be the choice. I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'm with you. Jackpot, I think, would have been uh, an awesome choice of the name. And Ace is the the second best one. Uh, and I guess it is, you know, just quicker to say, you know, people in the stands, you know, coaches, you can, hey, Ace, get over here. You know, Jackpot, you get a little tongue-tied, then there, you know, can be issues. So I, I understand why they did that. Justin, you got a choice here between yeah, Ace and Jackpot. I mean, uh, it feels like Ace might be a little too on the nose for gamblers. I mean, I mean, we could have you know, made it a little more subtle with Jackpot. You know, it is still a two-syllable word. I don't think the tongue-tied thing is uh, really applicable there. I, I was happy to go with Jackpot. I would have, like, Jackpot the Kid might have worked. Like, something that evoked, like, an old-school, Old West cowboy, I think, would have been fun. But Ace, you know, like, it's easy. We get it. The branding is there. Ace, uh, not quite a star character. He actually kind of looks a little vampirical. I feel like if you're going to look at his face right here, like, there's something <laughs> ghoulish about him that I don't I don't want for my Houston Gamblers, personally. But, Justin, let's go to the hometown. Birmingham Stallions up next. The choices Berm, uh, were Magic, Stanley, Buck. Um, as you're going to see on the screen in a second, one of these had a really poor showing. <laughs> where people, did, people did not like Buck, apparently. Um, actually, no, wait, Buck, I must have misentered the number. I had Buck at 3%. Apparently, he's 35%. Either way, he's Stanley. And Justin, again, you got the boots on the ground. What is Stanley's relevance to Birmingham? Is there something I'm not aware of? I couldn't begin to tell you. I think maybe they're trying to do a little alliterative uh, thing here. Stanley the Stallion getting the STs back to back. Uh, but I think Magic would have just been the the total right answer here. Uh, you know, Birmingham's known as the Magic City. Everywhere you go around town, they have these huge banners. Matt, welcome to the Magic City. Uh, Magic the Stallion would have been, a, I think, a great hat tip to the fantastic home host city of Birmingham. Pete, yeah. Do you like any of these at all? Like, I feel like Buck kind of makes sense. He's a horse. He bucks off. Like, there's a logic there. Yeah, I, I do not understand the 44% crowd here. I think Magic or Buck would have both been uh, pretty good names. Stanley sounds like an accountant. He sounds like a <laughs> stiff. You know, a stallion, what do we associate that with? This is someone roaming the open plains, you know, untethered by nothing. Stanley sounds like he's chained to his cubicle. I, I think this is a huge miss by Birmingham here. I have to say, look at his face. He looks like, out of all the costumes, out of all the mascots, this looks like the one most likely to be at a furries convention. Like, by <laughs> look, like look at that face. That that is pure creepy anime person in a costume in my heart. I am sorry, Willis. Um, I did not mean to come <laughs> against your profession and upset our only employee on uh, the splash play payroll, uh, a payroll of which you do. So uh, I'm sorry about that, Willis. At Casey, this time of year, no, no less. I mean, I mean, how busy is Willis right now? That's true. Yeah. Thank your accountant this season. Don't bash them on your live stream. I think it would be uh, given the tax season going on right now. I got to give a shout out to Casey Brown in the chat. They're saying it looks like Peyton Manning. I don't know what Peyton Manning pictures you're looking at, but that, this horse is like a gorgeous horse, which is why, again, I thought immediately. Furry. <laughs> um, which one do we have next, Max? 
We got uh, one Pete that I think you're not going to enjoy the most. The Pittsburgh Maulers. The choices on the board for this one were Mauler, Mike, Hard Hat Henry, and Marty the Mauler. And the winner, as you're going to see on the screen here, despite uh, about as close of a margin, I think this actually was the closest mascot vote. Marty the Mauler ends up being the winner. And Pete, uh, I'll give you the floor here because I think you had a horse that you wanted in this one, no pun intended. Yeah, I mean, Mauler, Marty the Mauler. I mean, Hard Hat Henry here. I mean, the USFL they know their audience, right? It is gamblers. It is sports bettors. It is DFS players. And what is more emblematic of the people who are going to be building their DFS lineups, the hand build crew, the hand build nation. I think hard hat Henry would have really resonated with our group of hand builders out here. And uh, I think it's a travesty that they didn't go with that. Bullock in the chat saying, now that is a high T chin, which actually made me laugh. It does seem like it could have been HGH hard hat Henry, but here's Pete, of course, in your finest village person attire. I mean, this is, why wasn't I asked? This, I could have been the mascot. I could have been down there in Birmingham with Justin. Instead, they went with this. Justin, you have a read here between these names, obviously many of them evoking the Pittsburgh Mauler scene, but Hard Hat Henry is one of those, kind of like we talked about with, with Ace, where it's tangential enough, it represents Pittsburgh, but it's not quite as on the nose. Yeah, and so which one actually won here? Because I wasn't quite sure. It was Marty the Mauler, which again, doesn't really feel like yeah. a Mauler name either. Like there aren't a lot of Maulers named Marty. Yeah, I mean, we don't even really understand what a mauler even is. I like Hard Hat Henry. Uh, it, it's fun for kids to say. It kind of has this, uh, it kind of ev evokes uh, Bob the Builder, so to speak. You yeah. know, it kind of has that alliterative element to it. And uh, yeah, I, th I think this is a missed opportunity for, for the fine folks of Pittsburgh. And um, Hard Hat Henry, Triple H, the wrestler reti retired recently, so we could have a new Triple H here with Hard Hat Henry. I think there's a lot of logic going towards Hard Hat Henry. So for once, Pete, on the show, I will firmly agree with you. And the other thing, just about how they set this up. So Marty the Mauler, like I would have liked Mauler Marty better. And they did Mauler Mike. So they did this weird naming convention. Why wasn't it Mike the Mauler? But, you know, I just don't understand how they how they did this. And, and it's the people were confused clearly by the voting. Also, not to rail on accountants more, but Marty, Marty Bird, of course, from Ozark, a great accountant as well, a money man. Um, yeah. Feels like Marty, again, more of a white collar name than a blue collar name, if we're being honest. Yeah, sorry, Willis. Uh, <laughs> Let's go on to the Tampa Bay Bandits. And this is one, actually, I, I'll say right now, I agree with the choice that was made. The choices were the Bayside Bandit, Barry the Bandit, Billy the Bandit. Clearly, they like the B the Bandit format. But the Bayside Bandit wins, and it kind of sounds like a serial killer name, to be honest. But I just, I like the style. I like Bayside, uh, Saved by the Bell, near, dear to my heart. This is one I'm going to give a 9 out of 10, Pete. Yeah, this one is, I don't know. I think Billy the Bandit or Bandit Billy would have been mine. It kind of evokes Billy the Kid, you know, a famous uh, Western hero there. And Bandit, I think, kind of evoking that as well. The Bayside Bandit, I guess it's just a mouthful. I guess I don't like the the in these names. Yeah. I want I want Bandit Billy, um, I think, is what I want. Justin, yeah, you got I, thoughts I, here on the Bandit? Well, you know, I think you want a name that kids can say, like a, a shorthand name, you know, hey, kids, can we go get our picture taken with Billy? That would have been, a, you know, you could see yourself saying that. You, you wouldn't say, let's go take our picture with the Bayside Bandit. That just, that doesn't really flow the way you want it to. Shout out to the chat, by the way. The chat is killing me today with a lot of good burns here. Uh, Casey Brown saying, Seamus Mask isn't covering his nose after the last two years. <laughs> FF Doom pointing out all these teams are either horses or cowboys. And then we have uh, Kevin Topkins in the chat saying, Zach Morris in an alternate universe. That's what came to mind for me as well, that this is Zach Morris if things started running bad for him. So, uh, you know, the Bandit 
fertile ground here. And, and Justin, I think probably one of your favorite teams, I would think as well, to actually win the title this year, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, everybody's on the Bandits right now. Um, I, I'd say I'm actually kind of starting to hitch my wagon to Philly, uh, despite mm. the blob. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think the Bandits are sort of the uh, the class of the league, according to most uh, hashtag experts on this subject. I had to zoom in on this because, you know, he's trying to do the, the pew, pew, pew fake guns and you put your other fingers back. <laughs> but he doesn't seem to be able to get his finger all the way into, I don't know what that would be, the ring finger here. And so this one's still sticking out so we don't get a clean pistol uh, here. <laughs> It's an, a semi-automatic finger gun. <laughs> That's what that one is. Also, kind of like he's doing a shaka, like he's doing a cool yeah. <laughs> gang side. The Bayside Bandit, actually a part of a Tampa Bay gang. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. The, the chat is on fire today. You guys are crushing it. Happy Friday. Um, all right, so the, the one that bothered me the most, we'll do next. The New Orleans Breakers, the team that on this show, I lulled Pete into a false insecurity. We decided they'd be the official team of Splash Play. You'll see the options on the screen. Breaker Bill, Breaker Brock, Splash, which was right fucking there. Dave the Wave is what wins. I'm infuriated by this one. Negative 10 out of 10 for me. Splash is perfect. They're the breakers, waves, waves, splash. There's a lot of things there. And instead, it's Dave the Wave. And I guess if we're going to go with the kids stuff, maybe it makes more sense. But Pete, I'm infuriated by this one. That was right there. They, it was like almost calling to us, and they just didn't go that way. I know. Yeah, it was back a couple months ago when you pegged the breakers to be the team of splash play. This felt like manifest destiny that this would be named Splash, everything was aligning, and they rug us with Dave the Wave. I mean, again, what? let's go with Wavy Dave. Like, at the very least, Dave the Wave is so dumb. He also looks like a total douchebag. I mean, just absolute, like, Jimmy Neutron, like, meets Jersey Shore. I, I absolutely hate it, and I'm re-questioning everything. I mean, burn it all down. Why, why isn't he not wearing a fedora or at least a visor in honor of Larry Fedora? I mean, this is just a huge miss by the league. Justin, you got to also wavy Dave. For so uh, this is the one mascot we have actually met. We met Dave the Wave this morning. Uh, both of my kids met him. And uh, <laughs> I thought Dave the Wave was great. And I've got to push back on this. Oh, I, I, I think Dave the Wave is an awesome name. If I were voting, I would go with Dave the Wave. Uh, the kids met. I said, hey, guys, this is Dave the Wave. Uh, and they were both. Uh, well, one of them was really excited, and the other one was totally freaked out by the uh, sort of the Crest toothpaste hairdo, I think, uh, plus the man's sunglasses. I'm surprised, uh, you know, Pete, you're not, uh, you know, signing off on the sunglasses here. You know what? After you said it, I do want to apologize, and I, I think this is kind of illustrative of what happens in the Internet age is, you know, where we sit here behind our keyboards and fire off our hot takes and then you actually meet someone in real life and you see that they're they're a person, they're a real life mascot. And so to hear that anecdote that you met Dave the Wave and that he was a great guy and I'm just judging him from a distance. I want to apologize, Dave. I didn't give you a fair shake. I didn't give you a fair wave. And uh, I want to hang 10 with you this year, brother. Yeah, wait, I mean, Dave gives though, him the high five and Dave does the classic, oh, way too hard, you know, move. I mean, I, th I thought he's just a great guy. Because he just knows what happens to those fingers. Yeah. They're, they're pretty sensitive. Point being, wavy Dave would have made sense because it's more topical. Kids say wavy as like an adjective that's positive these days, so that would have been good. I just, I'm angry at Dave the wave. I don't care how nice he was suggested. I don't care what, how, how much his kids like him. It was Splash. Splash was the right name. And I honestly, this is one thing, Pete, where I, I think we dropped the ball not seeing this on Twitter and like making this a bit right away because I think we could have actually been a difference maker in the vote. I think we could have too. Yeah, what did we do? I mean, 
the last time I used my platform to rally a vote was when Patrick Laird was up to be like San Luis Obispo, like football alumni of the decade. And I think we almost got it done. I mean, why I didn't throw my heft, my social media influence behind the splash cause is uh, one of my biggest regrets in life. Anyway, well, splash. Wasn't that a uh, multi-round voting there for uh, it Laird? It was. I lost a lot of steam. You really had to call in a lot of favors, really, to get that. And, you know, maybe, you know, kind of blew the the load a little too early there uh, and and trying to rally support and should have saved it for the finals. Speaking of splash, he blew that load a little too early for that one. Next team up, we got the New Jersey Generals. The options of chat, by the way, I'm just on fire. We appreciate you guys watching here on this Friday afternoon. New Jersey Generals, General Gene, one of the options, General Jersey, General George, General Joe. The marketing team for the New Jersey Generals, not really impressing (laughs) Pretty much at all. Neither is the mascot design team. Like, this is just a guy. This is just a guy who maybe served in the military. I'm giving this a, I mean, oh, I can't disrespect our troops, I guess, but General Jersey is the winner. But I feel like, you know, troop disrespect aside, two out of 10 overall. All right, real quick, we are going to do a a reenactment of how the uh, New Jersey marketing team came up with this. Um, We're interior uh, uh, meeting room, uh, and I'm opening up the meeting. All right, guys, um, we do have to come up with the name for our mascot. Of course, you guys have all seen the prototypes here. Um, If we could just go around and toss out some names, I think it'd be good to spitball. Uh, Chris, uh, do you have anything you'd like to suggest? Well, I, I I didn't really I didn't know this meeting was on the books today. Um, it doesn't I, have to be hard. Just just whatever comes to your head. Uh, 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 General General Jersey General Jersey. Okay, I, I like that. Um, Justin, anything coming to mind for you? I like the alliteration there. That's nice. Yeah, let, let's stay with the alliteration. Uh, General, uh, I don't know, George? General George. Um, okay, that's fine. But can we maybe like mix it up? Maybe just something slightly different? I feel like you just kind of did the exact same thing Spags did, but just slightly tweaked it. Spags, can you give me another name? Let's let's be creative here. Uh, creative general uh let's go outside the box the second part of the name general joe is what i'm gonna go with no no, no th- guys this is exactly what i've said i want like different off the wall ideas so we can I, maybe I've generate- say no more general gene no you you guys are not <sighs> seen <laughs> oh, great job great job everyone. <laughs> i guess i should have gone general jersey last that, that's my bad i shouldn't have let off with that one either way though I, I don't like this at all. And I, I feel like, honestly, if I were somebody who served in the military and rose to the rank of general, I would feel disrespected by this representation. Yeah, this is just so lazy on their team. Uh, also, again, if we're going to talk about it, like, I want to flip it. I, I like Joe General. You know, George General. Joe General, actually, I think would have been my, my winner here. Um, but General Joe, it just sounds so stuffy. FF Doom actually saying Gabagool was right there, which honestly, if they had a ghost mascot named Gabagool, that would be the viral. Yeah, that would have actually been pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, I think this one, Pete, is this the weakest one, do you think? Yeah. Maybe, or even, yeah, like GI General, maybe that could have been fun, like a spin on GI Joe there. I don't know. Just anything. I'm begging you, New Jersey Generals. Let it, I mean, we just we just did your entire marketing right for you. Last on the board here, we got the Michigan Panthers. The options were Peter, uh, woo, Peter, Hunter, Pablo, and Mitch. Um, I honestly, I like the choice here. I voted for Pablo myself. I also kind of felt like Pablo the Panther made sense alliteration wise, but they're just calling him straight up Pablo, which I guess he, you really just have to respect. For him, I'm going to give him an eight out of ten. 
This might even be more lazy than the generals. It was like they popped open the like 2022 baby names book and just kind of like blindly put their finger down. It was like, oh, Peter, Hunter, Pablo, Mitch. I, I guess the alliteration there. Um, I don't know. Pablo the Panther. It feels feels off to me. Yeah, I mean, Justin nothing kids about like Pablo. Uh, Michigan or Panthers really screams Latin influence. Uh, so I'm not really sure where Pablo's coming from there. Hunter, though, you get the uh, sort of on the prowl analogy there for the Panther. That's where I was leaning. Honestly, though, you see these names together, and I think the meeting aspect might have been, or that bit might have been more appropriate here, where somebody's just listening to a Petey Pablo song, and they're like, all right, Peter, Pablo, done, put it on, take your shirt off, spin it like a helicopter, we're done here. I think the Michigan Panthers, though, I like the branding here. Like, I feel like kid-friendly, animal, like, not a cowboy, not some sort of thief. I feel like those are all positives here for Pablo the Panther. Yeah, and again, I... Trust me, I don't want to get into any like racist territory here, but I associate Pablo with more of like a Southwest feel. You know, if it was the mm -hmm. San Antonio Panthers and we got Pablo, you know, that, but something with Michigan, just Pablo, the pan, it's just not working for me. Yeah, but the look is fantastic, Spags. I mean, you nailed that. I mean, it, it sort of reminds me of the the BYU Cougar, who if you've ever seen any videos of mascots doing mascot things, the BYU Cougar is is literally the best mascot uh, in terms of acrobatics in Division One sports. Kevin saying Pierre the Panther. I, I would take Pablo over Pierre. Like I feel like that's not that's not a French Panther. That's definitely a Panther with a little bit of Latino flair. So <laughs> that I, I would honestly be incredible if it was called the Michigan Panthers was Pierre the uh, Panther, and he always had like a little espresso and was smoking <laughs> cigarettes and just like dressed like a little gondolier a little red guy. White shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was like why is he French? It's like who the fuck cares? It's the USFL. <laughs> So, Justin, I feel like based on what you said here, if you had to pick your favorite mascot out of this entire group, who who wins it all for you? I mean, it's Dave the Wave. I mean, what are we even wow. talking about here? I mean, it's a landslide. It's a runaway, and dare I say, a, a breaker away. Wow. <laughs> you respect. You're compromised. You? you know, it's just like you meet one mascot, and then he's your favorite. Um, okay. <laughs> um, my favorite uh, – I mean, these are all truly horrifying um, – I will say uh, Ace the Bandit, uh, even though I wanted him to be Jackpot Bandit. Um, but I, I am really starting to come around on Dave the Wave. I have to admit it. I, unreal. I don't. I honestly, it's got to be Blob for me. I'm gonna be Team Blob here. I, people just want to oh, shit right. all over these mascots and gritty. People made so much fun of. You know what? Gritty's now a certifiable TikTok star. <laughs> and I think that's something to keep in mind. That Blob, if Blob has a good social media team behind him, I think Blob can do a lot of great things out there. And I also believe in the Philadelphia Stars offense. So to me, Blob is the winner. All right. There you go. I mean, this hopefully this doesn't tear us apart with Splash Play. Um, we were so close, Spags, to basically getting to be sponsored by the New Orleans Breakers on this show. The disrespect. We had some, like I said it on the show, we had some meetings with the USFL that kind of petered out because they were just doing a lot of last-minute prep. And it bummed me out, and I feel like this was the final slap in the face from the USFL is not giving Splash the victory there. They should have juked the vote for our sake, and we would have immediately been all on board. Yeah, Justin, have you bumped it? I know I saw you had a photo with, was it one of the directors of operations? Like, have you been able to have any conversation letting people know the DFS and uh, fantasy community is behind them? Uh, no, I think they have very little interest in uh, th that angle right this second. Um, you know, it's and it's a little bit evident in the fact that they don't want you to, they, they don't want the players to divulge anything uh, about the product. Um, and, and maybe that's, you know, fair for right now, but I think for a league that's going to be developmental, 
you've really got to lean on this. Like who is going to watch this product? Of course, it's going to be people who are invested in it one way or the other. Um, the, you know, I hate to say it, but the people of Birmingham are not like ripping and raring for the USFL <laughs> right now. Like I, I, I ask every Uber driver as I'm shuttling around locations here, like, are people talking about this at all? And they're like, uh, eh, not really. What even is it? And so uh, there, there's not a huge, uh, yeah, a huge. Uh oh, I have breaking news. I don't know if you've already seen this. Justin Freeman is on the official USFL <laughs> Twitter account, a tweet. From just a few minutes ago, it's more than football. We're family. Here we go. Hey, this guy too. What's up? What's up? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, my oldest one, not super excited about the situation. That's Darius Victor, running back. He'll be the starter this week. How are you, Darius? Luis Perez, starting quarterback. Oh, and there's Dave Perez. Oh my God. Wow. Justin, I mean, how are you still on this show when you're being featured on the USFL's massive Twitter account? I, I'm almost as famous as Chase Demore at this point in terms <laughs> of uh, just general notoriety. Let's go. That's it. Did you, had you seen that or was that, did I just show that to you for the first time? You just showed that to me for the first time. <laughs> I, was, I saw they had like uh, the, 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 uh, the social media girls there yeah. taking photos and stuff. I was like, I wonder if we'll, a picture will pop up. But no, I had no idea what we were doing. It hurts to see the Dave the Wave betrayal right there live in my face like that. I have to say, Justin, after our building friendship, I mean, if, to see that right there, I, I don't know. I don't know how we come back from this. If that's not a mic drop on the on the mascot debate, I just don't know what it is. The amount of Easter eggs in there for the super fans, Dave the Wave, we got Justin in the <laughs> Don't Doot Me Bro shirt. I mean, this is this is absolutely incredible. Kids looking adorable, though. That's the main part there, and that's what it's all about, really. At the end of the day, the USFL is for the kids. We all know that. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about the USFL a little bit. And actually, here's something that uh, you know came across my feed today because, of course, Football Outsiders, with the show's presented by that. Go check out the site, footballoutsiders.com, doing a lot of great stuff around the NFL draft in particular, but also some great stuff going on at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe, so go check that out. Uh, but I got a reply from somebody on there who did follow me, too, and I think I might be it might have been introduced to us as a show through Football Outsiders, but was pushing back on the USFL and just like, you know, the point of its existence. And I, I want to think, you know, just go around the horn a little bit here, but give our case for why the USFL is worth people's time, because I think Justin laid out the, the betting components certainly there. Those lines moved exponentially from what we talked about on Monday. So something to keep in mind as well towards the under uh, now all these lines around 42, 43 ish. But it's worth pointing out to me like this is football. You can bet on football. You can play fantasy around. We talked about the 100K up top on DraftKings. And it's also just football. Like, I think they're investing in the presentation. They're investing in making a fun game. The rules changes uh, seem like they should have done that. And Justin, I don't know if you feel, I, mean, I assume you feel very similar, given that you actually made the largest commitment out of all of us to just go down there on your own dime. But I feel like people not being excited for this, I just don't get it because it's football. And you know they want to succeed. And ultimately, that's what matters if this product's going to get off the ground. Yeah, I mean, I guess it comes down to, like, how much do you really enjoy watching the sport versus, like, I mean, I think people forget about this with the NFL. People have true allegiances to these franchises that have been around for 50, 60, 70 years, you know, and, you know, they're fans because their dad was a fan and their granddad was a fan. And, um, you know, you don't have that. I mean, there's no, nothing grassroots, nothing organic about, you know, trying to essentially shoehorn a, uh, a professional league in front of everyone. It's going to take time, but uh, you know, that doesn't happen if, if folks don't give it a chance. So I'm 
I'm hopeful that given sort of its prominence being a Fox Sports property and NBC Sports property, uh, people will find it. And once they find it, you know, people will keep football on when it's on TV, especially uh, when there's not a whole lot of other options right now. I mean, what else you can do? Watch baseball? What about you? Yeah, I mean, the thing that I'm hopeful for here is the way momentum went with the XFL. I, and I'm talking even before COVID hit, you know, the interest in the contest was kind of waning a little bit. Um, whereas my hope with this is that interest is actually building. They're going to get their documentary series out. Hopefully we can fill this contest. So DraftKings gives us a little momentum. seems like everyone's coming out of the woodwork for content. You know, all the sites, you know, I was kind of wondering, are some people going to just phone it in and be like, yeah, we'll just focus on the NFL draft. But it seems like all the big guns are coming out to do content of some sort. So I'm really hopeful that this can can build momentum and it, it just fits into the schedule perfectly. Like we're going to have this. Sure, we'll get the NFL draft, but then it'll be like once this ends in mid-June, that's when everyone will be ripping, you know, best ball drafts again and getting ready for the season. So I love how this falls in the calendar. And uh, I'm hopeful that us collectively <laughs> can, can keep every everyone entertained enough to make the uh, the contest continue to say big. What do you think in terms of uh, like next year, assuming the USFL has a moderately successful season and then next year you have this clash XFL USFL, are they going to happen at the same time? Or do you think they'll sort of divvy up the spring calendar between them and one will start like right after the Super Bowl and the next one tags on after that? Or will they like just go head to head? I was wondering about that too, because I was like, this is going to be a mess because neither of these can be big enough to not only necessarily sustain themselves, but compete and cannibalize each other. I'm wondering like how, how is DraftKings going to handle it? If both USFL and XFL are going on and you're splitting the talent pool, it's like, I'm, I'm praying, I'm praying for a merge. Like, can we get a merge, get everybody on the same page and throw all of our collective efforts and talent pool to one league. But my guess is that might be hard to do. It could be one of those things where the competition does breed a little more interest. Like the XFL is putting out their news where they announced their eight coaches and some big names, like guys like Heinz Ward, former players. I think uh, it was Rod Woodson's one of the coaches as well. Like guys that you know are going to be the coaches there. And it feels like the XFL is kind of going, you know, leaning into the rock, being a Hollywood guy, leaning into the expertise as well of his ex-wife who runs all his business stuff. Or like they're trying to make a star league, I think, and pairing with the NFL as well. Like you're probably going to see more guys who are, you know, third tier NFL guys that at least you know the name. It seems like like I think it could be interesting, but I do think maybe the rising tide lifts all boats. Um, I know Daryl Johnson gave an interview to ESPN where he was talking about he's their head of player personnel, I think is the official title. Um, was talking about how like he feels the USFL starting a year early is going to give him a leg up because they can work out the kinks now. The XFL coming back in, they're probably you know starting from square one because there's not a lot of uh, remnants left behind from what Vince McMahon stripped mine uh, by declaring bankruptcy and doing all that stuff. So I'm curious to see how it goes. It feels like the XFL branding is smoother, but I agree with you, Pete. Like, I think your take about it starting a little bit lower and then maybe rising. Like, if there was a fun first weekend of games and families just end up watching it on Easter Sunday somehow, like, I think that's how you build up enough momentum where you go from a million views per game to a million viewers per game to, like, you know, 1.5 in week two. Well, and the other thing, too, is there was this kind of novelty aspect to the XFL. Everyone had the old 90s, you know, thoughts about it in their head, and it felt like this really fun thing, and it was pretty hyped up, and then people were really disappointed with the quality of play. And so this one, it feels like we're coming around with way more realistic expectations. You can't listen to anyone talk about it without saying, like, yeah, the product's probably not going to be good, but we're going to have fun playing fantasy and trying to figure out how to make money uh, off of playing this. So my hope is those expectations absolutely actually help us. Um, whereas people aren't disappointed when we see, you know, 
13 points scored in the first game. So let's talk about some of the stuff going on behind the scenes, Justin, because I'm curious, you know, obviously your process here, you know, I don't give a plug to my former employers over at Osmo too. I saw they did projections. I was actually kind of surprised by that. I think, um, you know, given that I know in the past they've been a little bit um, le reluctant to go towards sports where there isn't great data to analyze, but just tell everybody out there and, and you know, give a plug too, because I know you're doing a show right after this one uh, over with the team over at four for four, but like, what does the data process look like for you? Like, how did you get to this point? Like, how did you figure out where to go with everything? How did you input the data? Like, what did it look like for you to even get started with the total lack of information you have? Yeah, I think for right now, what we try to focus on most is nailing opportunity. And I mean, this is somewhat true in really all fantasy sports, but particularly when you don't really know anything about the players or the teams or the situations, you want to just sort of give a general directional lean on who you think the players are that should sort of be bubbling up towards the top uh, when you're optimizing lineups and that sort of thing. So, you know, I've mostly applied some really flat numbers across the board, um, you know, because what I don't want to have happen is to essentially – miss twice, so to speak, where I miss on the efficiency side and miss on the uh, opportunity side. Like I just want to essentially treat everybody mostly the same. So I've got some pretty vanilla numbers sort of across the, across the board for say like wide receivers, I'm going to assume uh, are, are going to be relatively flat. Uh, you know, I mix in a, just a little bit of nuance there, but I try not to go overboard uh, by, by trying to drill down like, oh, I think this guy's going to be the slot. So let me increase his catch rate and decrease his yards per reception. Like that to me is overthinking it. Just try to focus on the opportunity here because that's a big enough puzzle in and of itself. So that's sort of the, the thought there. Um, we're, we're lowering uh, completion percentages and things like that across the board, uh, increasing things like sack rate, uh, turnovers, uh, that sort of thing. Also, you know, trying to essentially uh, mimic what I think the product will look like once we turn our TVs on, uh, using a little bit of Vegas information as well to help us. But I mean, honestly, I, I'm feeling a little bit more confident, you know, reading blurbs, you know, digging for news articles, you know, seeing what I see here in Birmingham, that sort of thing, and using that to inform my decisions. So I'm actually going to ask you about a couple guys here, and hopefully you don't mind, Justin. I don't want to you know put you in a competitive spot with with Osmo and all that, but I do think you know you. I trust you a lot. I trust the Osmo team a lot. Makajewski doing the projections over there. If you're uh, curious how that's going, but I did identify some guys that have pretty big discrepancies, and I'm just curious your takes on why this might be. And the first one up, this is a really big one for you compared to Osmo. Uh, they have Garrett Groshek from the Pittsburgh Maulers as a 14.2 fantasy point guy. You've got him at seven. I presume this is because, much like me, you're grinding Madre London highlight reels like I legitimately did today. Fantastic highlight reel on his YouTube channel if you want to check that out. But what is the discrepancy there? Are you just not buying in on the game script for Groshek? Like, why would you want to have a, a really, I think it looks like a 7.2 fantasy point differential between you and where Osmo's putting him? Yeah, I think the assumption that most anybody would have is that draft capital is the best indicator you would have of how a player is sort of likely to fall in the depth chart. Garrett Groshek was drafted as, uh, you know, one of the top running backs for, for that team, whereas Madre London was signed off the street from the, was it European League of Football, uh, like two or three weeks ago. Uh, but I, uh, I hate to say too much here, but I have a good indication that Madre 
could be the guy over Garrett Groshek. And so I'm essentially letting that be known in my uh, projections here. Uh, we, you know, nobody knows for certain. We'll see once the, the tape turns on. But for right now, I think I have enough uh, intuition to assert that Madre could be the guy over Groshek. It also seems too like with Groshek, I he feels to me, and this is obviously, you know, again, I've not done anywhere near the work that, that Justin's done, that you know, Matt over at Osmo's done. I would say from my perspective, Groshek feels more like, oh, they have the lead, they're salt in the game away. You know, and he, if that's even you know, that's the best possible outcome for him. Madre London's actually a very good pass catcher and a guy who did have explosive games over in that European league. Um, was you know, we talked about on the show a couple weeks ago, thanks to Cody Main over at ETR pointing it out, but had substantially more rushing yards than everybody else in that league by like an exponential amount. And I I feel like the talent level just it seems pretty gigantic for a guy like Groshek compared to Madre London. Uh, Pete, I don't know if you want to chime in on the debate. Obviously, yeah. two two hot names buzz about from the Pittsburgh Maulers. Well, I I don't I don't have hot takes on that specific situation, but I will say this is where the Sims really shine because the way you can come in here is if you have your own assumptions, you know, Justin's going to preload his in here. You can come in here and tweak and flip that market share, and then you can run the Sims and it will build out coherent lineups with that input in mind. And this is stuff optimizers can't do. You go tweak uh, London's points projection. Well, now you need to go manually tweak all of the other players' projections because th you have to think of the cascading effect there. So that's what I love about this. And I think it's perfectly suited for these first couple of weeks where if you have a hunch or you have a lean and you want to go do that, the Sims will then tell you the most logical lineups based on that assumption. And that's why I think, you know, for the Wild West of week one USFL, it's absolutely perfect. Justin, also another guy that's a big differential between you and the Osmo projections out there, uh, Darius Victor, who we just saw you glad handing with. And despite that, you still have the much lower projection here, 7.7 .7 fantasy points for you. Osmo's got him just shy of a 13.75 fantasy points, a low salary too. So the kind of guy that uh, could come up a lot in an optimizer based on, you know, proliferation of Osmo's projections. If there's some similar ones out there, you'll probably see that ownership spike up for him. Why so low on Darius Victor? And I guess, do you feel like he might be one of the biggest trap plays of the weekend? Well, so I actually think I actually bumped Victor up to he's now 8.6 for me, but still, I'm sure lower than the other guys. Um, it, it's about trying to figure out the difference between he and Trey Williams in that offense. Uh, Trey Williams, a guy who's uh, bounced around in the NFL as well. Um, he, I believe Texas A&M is where he went to school. Um, but Darius Victor, we saw him uh, in New York for the Guardians in the XFL, a team that really struggled to get a lot of consistency going and you know how much of that can you put at the feet of the running back it's hard to tell um you know i, I think what's victor is most likely going to profile to be the the grinder that sort of early down thumper um you know when i was shaking hands with him and luis perez i asked perez i said who's going to score the first touchdown of the season he said we're going to get the ball down to the one yard line and we're going to hand it to darius victor and he's going to plunge his way across the goal line. And so I think that says all you need to know about Victor's role. He is going to be a uh, short down, uh, short yardage goal line guy and a guy who sort of maybe gobbles up, you know, between the tackles runs, maybe not the type of guy we're targeting in a full point PPR uh, fantasy situation like we have on DraftKings. So how are you feeling about the generals overall? Cause it seems like there's a lot of crossover between them and the guardians and the guardians weren't 
one of the worst teams in the XFL, from what I recall. I'm um, just an embarrassment of a team. Luis Perez uh, coming into the scene here. And I know uh, Fox Sports, we talked a lot about RJ Young's podcast. He was talking about DeAndre Johnson as a guy who could end up being the starter at QB. And you're saying that it's Luis Perez. And I know uh, Riley's given some quotes as well about Luis Perez being somebody that, you know, coming in his veteran hand, who he's played with and coached before. I, like, how are you feeling about the situation for them? And I guess, is this sort of a litmus test for the team here? Because if the Generals are good, the Guardians were not good. So I guess that would speak better to what the XFL was quality-wise. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, Luis Perez was a late addition into camp. Their first-round pick, Ben Holmes, broke his foot. Uh, so season not off to a great start for the Generals. Um, you know, They had to bring in Perez uh, off the street to come in and learn the offense. And, uh, you know, I think he will be the starter. Um, we'll have to wait and see, obviously. And that, that sort of is maybe one of the bigger question marks remaining. But, um, yeah, I'm certainly leaning Perez there. And uh, – you know, this is obviously a team I think wants to uh, grind it out a little bit, um, just sort of based on the personnel they have, I think, which is kind of a shame because they have some talented receivers. And maybe that's the thing that could, if you're trying to make a bull case for Luis Perez, uh, a, a pretty talented receiving core there, a couple former Packers in Jamon Moore and Darius Shepard on that team. So if you are familiar with those guys, um, you know, that's that's certainly not a bad way to get started. I just want to tell the viewers that you got to be careful. Um, you know, Justin came in earlier with his Dave the Wave uh, bias after meeting him. And then clearly, as evidenced by that that breaking news clip, he's also been compromised by his interaction with Luis Perez. So, Justin, uh, I love you. I think you're extremely sharp, but I am taking that with a grain of salt. Yeah, I think that's just wise, sage fantasy advice. <laughs> uh, Casey in the chat, too, asking an interesting strategy question. And I guess if you have any overall strategy you know, thoughts, Justin, because you are really sharp about how to approach these just on a on a macro tournament level, even independent of the projections and all of that. He's asking about how we just play every how about we play everyone under 10% projected ownership. I don't think you have ownership projections. I don't think Osmo does either. So I don't know that there'll be any reliable ownership projections even out there. I know for me, I'll probably run the projections through an optimizer and just see where those numbers kind of come out to give myself a baseline what I'm expecting the ownership to be. But how would you handle that? Like, do you think it's just worth taking flyers on these guys, just given the dearth of information if they just seem like they're not going to have any ownership yeah i mean if there is a way to project ownership knock yourself out and and give it a shot i, I don't feel comfortable doing it right now um you know just sort of based on the fact I, I think it's really you'd have to have your finger on the pulse of the industry so to speak in terms of what else everyone else is putting uh putting out there you know what's rg doing what's awesome doing what's etr doing um you know those are the places they're gonna really swing ownership uh, so for now, without knowing too much, like I know, obviously, if you just sort of like Google or, or go, to, go to your Twitter search and top key in top 10 USFL players or something like that, and you'll see who people are high on. And, um, you know, then maybe compare that to the projections and say, uh, wow, you know, Justin's got a really high projection for, you know, Chad Williams compared to the field or something like that. And uh, maybe that's a spot where you want to get different. Yeah, I think the biggest discrepancy for the people out there, it looks like for you, is actually uh, Cameron Scarlett. So what's the other part of the name? Yeah, Cameron Scarlett seems like you're the highest on compared to where Osmo had him. Um, you know, in Monterey, London as well, we talked about. That's another big discrepancy for you. But is there anybody else that you've seen out there from your industry analysis that you know that you're way more bullish on than it seems like other people are? Uh, it seems like I'm more bullish on this Jeff Fisher team than some other people are. Uh, I mean, Jeff Fisher obviously has a 
uh, especially for fantasy folks, a not so thrilling reputation from his time in the NFL. You know, th that offense really started grinding to a halt towards the end of his time there. Uh, he kind of turned into a meme, so to speak, but it's very possible he's the best coach in the USFL. I mean, he was, he's definitely the one they have hung their hat on, so to speak, uh, in terms of marketing and uh, just making a big push to say, hey, yeah, we are a legitimate uh, football product. We have, you know, coaches with Super Bowl experience. We've we've got the real deal. Um, so, yeah, like, do I think he can make a competent uh, team uh, and put that together? I mean, he got the first overall pick. He got the quarterback he wanted. Um, I think they could be fine, and I'm not ready to throw in the towel on the Panthers. Pete, anything you want to hit on before we hit it, the ride or die picks as fast as we can so Justin can make his 3 o'clock? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just going to say comparing, you know, the uh, the first run of the Sims to uh, ETR's ownership, it looks like uh, RTS is massively overweight on Tony Brooks James, the uh, running back for the Stallions. So that'll be a name to mention. And I'll also plug, I'm going to do a cram uh, tomorrow before the first of the, the four game slate. So I'll probably be going live. I think the game starts at seven or something. I'll probably start at, at 6 PM and we'll go through the Sims a little bit, uh, there too. Uh, if you guys want to come and hang out about that, but yeah, I was going to also just quickly touch on, uh, baby Yaga's, uh, comment Baba here. Yaga, John Wick, Baba, course, yeah. Baba, yeah, sorry, baby Yaga. <laughs> baby, <Wave>. Yaga. <laughs> He's just, baby yoga, I think is how I was reading it. <laughs> Um, he says leaving a lot of money on the table, a good strategy for week one. Yeah. I, I, I want to hear what these guys say, but I think almost throwing out salary constraints, uh, and being incredibly, uh, loose with them almost in the same way when you play, uh, what is it? Pro bowl DFS and everyone has the same salary. Like that's how I'm thinking about it with this. And to Casey's point too, I'm more focused on ownership. Where is the field being overconfident when we know nothing and, and, you know, trying to leverage that and then just leaning into correlation. And I saw Justin talking about this in the run, the Sims discord as well. I mean, the one thing we know is that, you know, one of these teams is probably going to be head and shoulders better than the rest. And we're just trying to identify that. So, you know, I'll be thinking about double, triple stacks, tossing the running back in that and just trying to nail the macro offense who does well, as opposed to trying to nail all the individual plays. Justin. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's exactly right. Um, nobody really knows the who, so just try to nail the the structure, nail the what. And uh, if you can do that, um, you know, like Pete said, I mean, it's somebody's going to be an an amazing team compared to the field. Somebody's going to be this year's Houston Roughnecks, and you just got to figure out who they're going to be. And so this is just sort of basic game theory 101. Um, that's why I would sort of focus more structural things than even ownership things. Um, you know, and I guess, it, you know, it's like anything. It depends on how many lineups you're building, what you know, size contest you're playing in, and just sort of making things that are uniquely suited for those. All right, so let's hit the ride or die picks here. And guys, hit the like button whether you're on, watching on Peach Channel or the Splash Play Channel. It does help us out a bunch. Make sure to check out the 4 for 4 show also coming up next with Justin and our pal John Daigle. will be doing a deep dive on all the USFL things as well. So if you didn't get enough of the serious takes from Justin here, you can get a little more coming up on their channel coming up in about uh, six minutes here. But ride or die picks, we got the Generals. 20 implied points at the Birmingham Stallions. Actually a home game for them. Minus 2.5 point favorites. They have a 22.5 implied total. Over under this game, a 42.5 Justin, so what will be your ride or die pick? 
Yeah, I think one thing that's worth pointing out here in general is getting a feel for this USFL schedule in terms of how they're releasing injury news. Uh, and we've got last night, we got, uh, I think it's seven uh, practice squad deactivations, essentially. So we found out that Jordan Chun, who was, you know, possibly the RB3 there, uh, is is he had an injury, but now he's been placed on the practice squad, which means he obviously is not suiting up for this game. That gets their running back situation down to a two-man committee along with a fullback named Bobby Holly. And uh, so Tony Brooks James, there's a reason why he is popping in the Sims. And uh, that's because I think he's got a three down skill set. He can be out there as often as needed. Um, he is in the favored team in this matchup. Hometown crowd opening night. Love it. Tony Brooks James eclipses 15 fantasy points. All right, Pete, do you want to ride or die pick next? Yeah, I was gonna do that one too. So we'll uh, we'll mix oh, yeah, it up. Convenient. I was gonna do the exact one the smart guy was gonna. Do. I already I already called him out as being our <laughs> highest leverage guy relative to projected ownership. But let's toss in. Um, this is the least sexy ride or die uh, here. But let's say the uh, the Birmingham defense. Let's correlate it um, with the the running back there. Uh, I think we are going to see some probably pretty big defensive scoring points these first few weeks. Um, I assume the, the quarterback play will be fairly sloppy and, uh, I don't necessarily, uh, have a ton of confidence in the, uh, the generals here. Sorry to, uh, you know, to, to his friend here, Lewis Perez, but he might get a little sloppy starstruck after having met Justin and throws a few pick sixes. Yeah, I think the Stallions win by two touchdowns will be my ride or die pick here. I just think they are a good team. I think the Generals, I just hate the crossover with the Guardians, who were my least favorite XFL team by a wide margin. So I think Birmingham comes out strong and makes that for maybe the, not the most exciting Saturday night game. Houston Gamblers up next at the Michigan Panthers. 20 implied points for the Gamblers. Uh, Michigan Panthers, two and a half point favorites, 22.5 implied points. The over-under here actually shading towards the over on Fox Bet, 42 and a half points, minus 118 on the over. I'll go first. I think Isaiah Zuber gets 75 yards and a touchdown i was between him and jojo ward i think this offense is going to be pretty explosive uh obviously kevin sumlin's pedigree kind of speaks for itself what he did in college justin but uh, that's my ride or die pick what's yours i'm going lamichael petway to catch a 30 plus yard touchdown pass uh petway is sort of one of these big uh wide ends he uh he plays sort of that gesicki wide tight end type of role and uh I, I think we've seen there was actually a scrimmage clip that uh got out from the fox sports crew of of those two hooking up for a long touchdown already so i think we're going to build on that petway he just built different all wow. right Pete, what about you what's your ride or die pick yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Panthers running back uh, Cameron Scarlett, who is popping in the Sims. He's flying a little bit under the radar when you look at other projections, probably one that um, would look different uh, across the board. But I'm just trusting Justin's boots on the ground here. We have a pretty nice market share of receiving for him, and he might eat into uh, Stevie Scott's workload more than, than people think. So at 3,500, uh, if you guess right on you know the 1A side, of the backfield here early on. I think that could be a, a nice advantage. Well, I've heard of slinging names out there. Like we've been doing, we've been doing this for weeks to months. Philadelphia stars, 21 implied points at new Orleans breakers. Breakers are a two and a half point favorite in this one, 43 and a half point over under, which is actually the highest of the weekend. Uh, Pete, I haven't let you go first yet. So what's your ride or die pick? Yeah, let me, 
Let me think of who I want to do uh, on this team. I mean, I think I'm going to have to go. I I said this in my USFL preview video. Um, I think the public is coming around on this take that Kyle Slaughter, a.k.a. Slaughterhouse uh, double stacks, are going to be very in vogue. He has a really nice wide receiver core. I don't know exactly who it's going to be from the wide receivers, but I think Slaughter gets off to a fast start. He'll be my, uh, my, uh, my ride or die. Justin, what do you want in this one? Yeah, I think uh, we're going to see a big game from Brian Scott. Uh, he's probably he's my dark horse player to win MVP of the league this year. I think he actually was the spring league MVP, matter of fact. But uh, so why don't I go ahead and call this a uh, hundred yard and a tutty day for Jordan Sewell? I'm actually going to go Brian Scott. A lot of people are going to be on Jordan Tamu. I think Brian Scott is a top-scoring QB on the slate. That's not the hottest take in the world. He's the number two projected guy, according to the run to Sims, I believe, right now. Uh, but I'm a big believer in this offense as well. I really think they're going to be high-octane. I like what Andrews is saying as the head coach of Philadelphia, and I think this is a, a money-line pick, and then maybe Brian Scott parlay that one with him being the top-scoring QB here. Last game on the slate, Tampa Bay Bandits, four-and-a-half-point favorites. It's 23 implied points at the Pittsburgh Ballers, 18.5 implied points of this one. I think the game script ends up working out for Madre London. Madre London, Pete, going to be in that 100K winning lineup on DraftKings is my ride-or-die pick. Uh, I love it. Um, Justin, why don't we uh, we get yours? I don't want to snipe you. Oh, man, I, I had a Madre lined up as well, so uh, good, good on you. Uh, Great minds think alike, Justin. And I went first. I'm like, Pete, I did just steal your pick. Right. Well, why don't I turn to the uh, Tampa side? They are playing Tampa, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm going to... Gosh, I hate this roster. Um, how about I'm going to say Jordan Tamu falls short of expectations. Everybody, everybody's got their eyes set on Tamu. Uh, I, I think he fails to uh, t- to hit the uh, 18 point threshold. All right, Pete. What about you? Yeah, I'm trying to identify which uh, wide receiver uh, I think is going to do well here for the Bandits because I am excited about Tiamu. I I do think he's the best quarterback uh, in the league uh, as of what we know right now. Um, But he's also a guy who can rush a lot. So he, as opposed to Slaughter, might not be our double stat guy. So I might be trying to figure out which wide receiver do I want to pair him with? It seems like uh, Derek Willies is going to be the most popular, but when I look at the way Justin's kind of distributed the market shares, everything's really close. So I will go and take an ownership discount on Derek Dillon uh, here, who Justin has projected to be kind of the second uh, leading wide receiver in this offense um, after Willie. So yeah, give me, give me Derek Dillon and the Tiamu connection. All right, I want to give Justin the floor to plug here because he's going to head over to the 4 for 4 YouTube channel literally minutes here because, Justin, no no breathing room here. That's the price you pay for being down in Birmingham. But follow at Chris Facts, follow at Peter Rovers, at follow at Justin Freeman 18. And, Justin, plug away. Please tell everybody what you're going to be doing here coming up. Yeah, I was actually able to talk those guys into uh, pushing back 30 minutes, so we're going to start oh, okay, here at 3.30. Right. So okay. uh, we can all take yeah, a I was running breath. frantically here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, no, I appreciate I you being up against the clock. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, head on over to Run the Sims. Um, and we've got, a, I think you've got a, we've got a product that we're really proud of. Um, and we've got some really cool stuff up right now for, for prize picks. I don't know if anybody out there is, is playing prize picks, but I think they've hung some lines there that are, are really worth jumping on. Um, you know, my, my favorite right now, here's an alpha for you guys right now, is uh, they've got some, 
over-under sitting out there for DeAndre Johnson, the quarterback there for New Jersey. And I'd say go ahead and hit those unders, guys. Um, I, I don't think DeAndre Johnson uh, is going to play much. Uh, I, I'm, what you're really hoping for there is he gets you like a token two or three snaps, maybe in a high leverage situation. Um, you know, sort of the way the 49ers had used Trey Lance at points last year. Um in which case those bets would pay out uh, and, and we're sort of making a, a play on the fact that he would be the backup uh, in that situation. So yeah, go to run the Sims. Uh, we've got a package. It's only $99. I mean, which I think is uh, absurdly low price, but we want to make this really interesting and we're, you know, we feel pretty confident that if we can get you in there, uh, you, you'll really like what you see. You can see some of the tools on the screen there that Pete's uh, showing over at Run the Sims and definitely a site, you know, Justin, the love that he puts in, the knowledge that he has in his head. Also, you can see on every single page of that site, so go check it out. And I know Pete already put this chat on the screen, but Neil Orfield saying just starting the pod, Justin has convinced me to MME this one. Uh, that is a guy who puts a lot of money on this. And I do think, um, you know, what we've heard from Justin on this show, what you'll hear on the 4 for 4 show with both Justin and John Daigle coming up in a little bit, you are going to hear a lot of great things that will help you get an edge over a field that, quite frankly, could have no clue what it's doing. So make sure uh, that you're checking that out. Uh, Pete, any final words for you here before we let Justin get a little bit of breathing room before his next show? Yeah, no, appreciate Justin coming on. Uh, super excited to have USFL. And, uh, you know, I'm going to take advantage of this big contest this weekend, the 100K focus on the, the four gamer. Um, and then depending on how things go, I, I do really think where the Sims really, really start to shine is in the showdown. Uh, tool specifically too. So I'm hoping we get some bigger showdown contests going forward as well. But uh, yeah, I'll be uh, back on tomorrow night and we can kind of, once we have all the final practice reports and all that, uh, maybe start building some lineups and see how we're feeling right before the game's lock. All right. Any final words, Justin, or you just want to go jerk off Dave the wave a little more on the way? <laughs> I was going to show my kids and wife this episode. Now I can't anymore. Thanks. <laughs> Oh, you've are, you've subjected them to enough USFL this weekend, Justin. <laughs> uh, yeah. Make sure to check out Justin's work and go, go, really go check out that four for four show with Daigle. We're excited to see him get a new shot here to do some stuff for himself as long as, as well as having Justin on the show. Obviously going to be great things going on over there. Follow at Chris Fags, follow at Justin Freeman 18, follow at Peter Overzet and come back on Monday because we're going to be watching. I'm, we're, Pete, we're watching all the games, right? We're doing this. We're really... Um, I am going to make, I, I am down for any recaps. I am making zero promises about watching the game. I, I will <laughs> say this, this is going to sound like a downer and it's not put, really frame me as even more of a sicko than usual. Um, we have to unfortunately put my sweet Labrador Cali down on Sunday because he's been no. fighting cancer for nine months and it's just, you know, the, the battle has taken its toll. And I've told Alex, I'm like, look, I'm going to be really depressed. I'm just going to sit down and watch USFL games all Sunday. And I just want to be left alone with that. Uh, so that's where I am with it. But that's my commitment to watching this show. And uh, yeah, and uh, shout out to my girl, Callie. I am sad to be doing that. But uh, I'm, I know a lot of people out there have their pets as well. So, um, you know, we can recap that another time. And you can see me cry on a live stream because that's, uh, that's where my head's at. But we appreciate all of you guys hanging out. And again, check out Run the Sims. Make sure to get all of Justin's great information into your life. We'll be back Monday at 2.30. So we'll see you guys then. Enjoy your weekends. Bye.